Welcome to Pragmatic Live, a podcast created to help you succeed, especially if you create or market or price innovative products. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and self-proclaimed pricing expert. Today I'm joined by Neil Bean, a statistician. I know you're thinking, woohoo. But before you turn us off, you have to know about Neil. He spent 15 years applying math and statistics at Pros, a company that makes pricing software. He has so much knowledge about how companies use and should use data to help make pricing decisions. About two years ago, he jumped from Pros to Siemens, where instead of selling solutions, he's now implementing solutions. And his scope has broadened beyond just pricing. Well, welcome, Neil. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, My pleasure. Okay, I'm a geek, you're a geek, so I'm pretty sure you and I are going to have fun on this. However, (laughs) what do you say we try to avoid formulas and distribution so our listeners can enjoy and learn from this too? I'll do my best, but I I don't know if I can make any promises. Okay, I appreciate that. And and I I gave you fair warning, but I'm going to ask, do you watch Big Bang Theory? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, I have, I have so enjoyed that show when I first saw it. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Have you worked with people like that? Of course. Of course. I think uh, the world of academia, uh, the, the absolute brilliant people you meet while you're getting your Ph.D. and, and afterwards, is, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. But you meet some interesting characters along the way. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so I guess a more interesting question. Do you see yourself in any of those characters? Yeah, uh, we're going to pass on that question. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Let's, let's, jump, <laughs> let's jump into, uh, to, into some interesting content then. What, what did you do at Pros? Uh, let's tell our listeners what, what you actually did. Sure. Um, well, you know, Pros was my first real job. I had, I had spent... Um, all my, my years up until I was 20, 27, 28 years old uh, in school, uh, getting my uh, degrees and eventually my PhD in operations research and applied mathematics, and then uh, joined pros as a scientist. Uh, and at the time, in 2001, um, what that meant was, was really focusing on airline pricing, hotel pricing, cruise ship and rental car pricing. Um, and a lot of that had to do with predicting demand uh, and then optimizing pricing decisions uh, in, a, in a nightly and even real-time basis to figure out uh, how to maximize revenues for those companies. So that's, that's where I got my start uh, as an associate bottom-level junior scientist at, at Pros. Uh, and then from there, um, gradually it got more and more responsibility uh, and in 2008, I became the senior director where I managed 30 scientists, uh, eventually becoming vice president. Uh, and then uh, there you're running the entire organization, driving the algorithms, driving the research, uh, helping to implement the solutions, helping to sell the solutions, um, and uh, doing a lot of really interesting uh, cutting-edge work around pricing uh, to help our customers do better, to provide a lot of value, and to help the software do better. Uh, it, it, it's very competitive, and you want to always be on the bleeding edge. So that was a lot of fun, and finished up that run in 2015. Yeah. So, uh, so a couple questions come out of that. First off, were you responsible or involved with, or could you describe the process whereby the airlines decided they wanted to charge less for a Saturday night stay? Well, so the... 
Yeah, the, 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 the real core there is that unlike – B2B pricing, where I can, you know, a customer calls me up, I can, I can negotiate differently with that customer depending on their purchase pattern, right, the type of company they are, customer they are. Uh, and, and, and another customer come along and I can negotiate a totally different price. Airlines do that in B2B pricing, right? If Accenture calls them up and says, I want a special deal because I fly people everywhere on your airline versus a small company, they can negotiate those types of contracts. But the individual consumer, they can't negotiate, but they still want a segment. So they know that the willingness to pay for leisure travelers is a lot lower than business travelers. And so the Saturday night stay, um, you know, the pricing for Saturday night stay is there in some attempt to, to drive a segmentation. Yes. I was just curious if, you, if they figured that out using data or was that just um, anecdotal evidence, I guess? Yeah. No, I mean, they tried it, right? And I think they found it to be quite successful, right? They, they, they generate more demand uh, and maximize revenues if they have cheaper Saturday night flights than what they're trying to do during the week. There's no doubt about it. You could think of it the other way too, right? Uh, they get, make more money if they charge more during the week than if they kept that pricing uh, uh, the whole way through, including Saturday night. Today. So I, you can think of it either way, right? Yeah. So it sounds to me like they did it. They, they figured this out and then they tested it using trial and error. So they still had the data. But yeah. what, what I get excited about when I hear what you do, it's that you take the data and you, you get information from it. You, you divine future business actions from stuff that you've collected. <laughs> that's a that's a cool way to put it. I like that. I'm going to use that. I think in the future. Um, I mean, yeah, you could say it that way. Um, there's a lot of really important information in in data, right? Every time someone clicks and buys an airline ticket, or every time you negotiate a deal, it's a data point. It's a piece of information about the customer, um, in particular, what they're willing to pay, right? I mean, uh, we know that. Um, the willingness to pay of a customer is simply defined as the point at which they won't buy anymore, right? So if I'm willing to pay $10, you try to charge me 11, I'm not going to buy it. If you charge me eight, I'll buy it. Um, so uh, if, if, if someone purchases your, purchases your product, um, then that means their willingness to pay was either at that point or higher. And, and that's information. That's really good information. And you can mine that information and turn it into something useful. You can also uh, understand demand patterns, right? So when people buy it, uh, airline, you get a pattern of when passengers typically book that flight, uh, how many days prior to uh, that purchase. So you know if you're ahead of the demand or behind the demand um, in the future. You know that you have yet to sell the plane out, and that's a good thing. I can keep my prices high. Or the big part of the demand is gone, and I'm left with only a little bit left, so I need to change my pricing. That All that information is really important, and it just comes from the data itself. Yeah, and so that's the yield management piece of, of what airlines are doing. They're watching how full the planes are. Exactly. Yep, and that, that's the crux of what we did. Let, okay, so let's jump into a pricing example. Yeah, there you go. Let's see if we can take anything that you've ever worked on in the past. I'm, I've got a lot of experience in the semiconductor industry, but you can choose any industry you want. And, and can we talk through, hey, here was a situation we looked at. We had this data, and so we wanted to test the following hypothesis. 
That, that's exactly right. So the first thing I think that maybe certain mathematicians and statisticians and data people will do is run back to the data and start playing with it. And, and really, the way to, get, to drum up hypothesis uh, first is to really understand the business problem itself. Uh, you've got to immerse yourself. You've got to put yourself into the shoes of the person who's experiencing the pain or the person who's trying to reach into and get some opportunity. Um, you've got to understand what, what's going on in the business. And when you do that, the hypothesis starts to come out about what it is um, you're trying to do. So in pricing, a great example of this is um, you know, who's willing to pay more? Right. And, and a hypothesis comes across and it's, well, I know that customers in California are going to pay more. Everything's more expensive out there. They're just used to it. I, I can put higher prices in California than I can in Alabama. And you can say that out loud and it makes sense, but really it's just a hypothesis. You use data to go validate that hypothesis. Same with large customers versus small customers or certain product families. We feel like they elicit a higher willingness to pay out of the market. So we, we can look into these scenarios and we can look into the data and say, yes, in fact, it's true. In those scenarios, I can see the willingness to pay change. And, and I can use that information in the future when I, in my negotiation or when I set up my list pricing uh, to, try to, to try to capture those variations uh, in the market. So it's a really important step, but the, the, if you don't understand the business problem at first and you're just running with the data, um, you're, you're probably not going to get a lot of value out of it. Um, you're probably only going to find things that are just co correlated and may not be causal or may not even be related. Uh, and you may find things that are obvious um, and, and really not providing much insight. So really the key is to understand what insights you're supposed to bring to the, the problem at hand first before you go run off and create the hypothesis about where to look. Nice. So we, t we uh, our listeners tend to be product people. So they're product managers, they're product marketers. Here's what they're not. They're not statisticians. Uh, I don't know that I've met one that I would say is an ex-statistician who says, hey, I wanted to get into product management. And so what you just described, I think a product manager could do. They could do that with cross tabs or pivot tables on Excel. And so they could say, are people willing to pay more or do people actually pay more in California than in Alabama? And there's a cross tab, right? That's an easy test to go run. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, I think that that's so important. Uh, you know, we think of big data and analytics and we've got these data scientists, right, with PhDs and that you have to have that degree in order to do this type of analysis. And it just isn't true. So many people can do very simple things to understand their markets. As you harvest that information and capture the low-hanging fruit, if you will, of, of how your markets react, and you're wanting to then instill and, and, and squeeze more and, 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 and forecast and predict willingness to pay even better, then you maybe need to get into more of the advanced statistics. But so many companies around the, the world aren't even doing the basics of looking at their markets in different ways. They, they, they're trying to tack margin onto the, the cost and, and thinking that that's a pricing strategy. And instead, rather than focusing on what's really driving their pricing is, is the, the market and what people are willing to pay. Okay. And, and, and so we see that product managers or product people could, could do some uh, relatively simple elementary statistics to get glean real information Absolutely. from data that they've collected. 
Absolutely. If we flip on the other side of that, most statisticians I know really don't understand the market problems that product people are trying to deal with. They don't understand the way that buyers make pricing or buyers make purchase decisions and they, they don't have the buyer's journey or buying process laid out and all that in their minds. And, and so how do they, I, I guess the question I really want to ask is how do product people work with statisticians so that we can make the, both sides of that work really well? Yeah, and Mark, I'm 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 actually really interested in in your answer to this question as well. I think um, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and answer it, but I, I'd like for you to to talk about it uh, in addition to my my answer. So, um, the, the the first thing is that we both both teams, an analytics team, a data science team, and a marketing team, um, they've got to 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 take steps toward each other. So the the steps that the the marketing team takes is, you know what, we're going to hire some people or we're going to develop a skill set in our group that has some data focus, that, that, that isn't afraid to get in it with the data scientist group or the statisticians and, and really talk about data. And I'm going to build some expertise in my group to do that. And the promise of the data science group is we'll reach across the table. We're going to listen to you. We're going to understand your business. We're going to make sure that what we do solves the problem you're trying to solve. And we commit to providing value, right? We commit to giving you something that works that you really can get a lot of use of and drive value for what you're trying to do. Um, and and if, that, if those two things are met, um, this works unbelievably well. When it doesn't work well is when uh, the data science team is treated like a back office IT team. Here's my request. Go do it. Um, and, you know, I don't want to hear, don't talk to me about what you need. I just go get it figured out. Um, and then the analytics team accepting that or the data science team accepting that is okay um, and not pushing back and saying, look, this, is, this isn't going to be successful. We need to work together. We need to be more agile. We need to have a continuous improvement prototyping environment where we're learning together. So that's really what's important. I think that's a really good answer. I would have to say that you and I are very unique, and, and we're, we're actually on the opposite side of the unique coin, where I don't think I've done a formula for 20 years. But I love data. I love thinking about data. I love thinking about what problems and what models and how could you solve a problem with data. You, on the other hand, still get your fingers wet with the data. And yet you love that other side that says, oh, I want to know the real problem. What's the model? And I'm not sure that, that many people like us exist where we like both sides of that problem. And, and I think the only answer is going to be something like having the two groups work well together. One of the things that we teach in one of our classes at Pragmatic Marketing is the the product team has to work close with engineering. Now, these are the people that are going to build products so that the engineers understand the real market problems, who they're building products for. I think the exact same thing is true in this story where the marketers, the product team has to work really closely with the data scientists so that they can become enlightened and get up to speed and know, try to learn how do people actually make decisions so they can get that into the models. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mark. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is that don't, you know, one of the mistakes that people make when looking for data scientists and, um, you know, uh, 
statisticians and analytics professionals. They're looking for someone who has all the skills. If you go on LinkedIn, you'll see it, right? They, they draw these Venn diagrams and it's like good with business, good with writing code, good with statistics. And in the middle of all that's the data scientist. And I think um, you, you, you just have to be very careful with, with, with only looking for individuals like that. The better answer is in your marketing team, in your product management team, in your analytics team, you have diversity. You have people who are good at the business side. You have people good at the data side. You have good at people uh, at the programming side. You just have it all. And every team has a different mix of that. The analytics team is obviously going to lean hard on the ability to code and the ability to do statistics, but they're going to have business acumen in that team too. And the marketing team is going to lean hard on the business acumen and the product management and the marketing, but they're going to have that data experience as well. And diversity in the workplace in that sense, and in all senses, if you ask me personally, is extremely important. In fact, I would argue, and feel free to, to agree or disagree, I would argue that your success has come from the fact that you care about the business problem as much as you care about the statistics behind the problem. I would agree 100%. I mean, um, I, I've had a, I had a unique upbringing. You know, I had a a mom that was very outgoing and a, a huge people person, right? And I had a father that was uh, just a hardcore scientist uh, on PhD. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I got a little bit of both, and I, I've really appreciated being both a people person and yet just absolutely loving science. And uh, I think that that's something that, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's helped me a, a quite a bit. Um, and I try to show people how you can love both, right? And it's okay to love both and, be, and, be, and work on and be good at both. Uh, I think it's, 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 it's been a lot of fun, and it's been re- very rewarding for sure. But like I said, you're not looking for everybody to be like that. You're not asking people to be something they're not. What you're doing is you're creating teams where when you look at the larger picture, you see both sides uh, without an issue. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree completely. But I'm always looking at ways that individuals can add value, become unique, be their own experts. And, and it sounds yeah. to me like this combination of market knowledge and statistician or data understanding is a really powerful uh, tool, especially as we're moving into this world of big data. Everybody's throwing around big data. Hey, I, that's a really good point. And, and to, your, to a lot of your listeners out there that are product managers and marketers, you know, I, it was really neat going through this time at Pros um, and you know, now at Siemens Health and Ears where I'm walking watching the evolution of analytics happen and grow and explode, right? Uh, it was really neat to be a part of that. It was very rewarding. Um, and, and what you see very clearly, you know, as I go into company after company after company, and I work with different product managers and marketers and uh, finance people, you, you see um, those that have the ability and aren't afraid of information and data uh, and aren't afraid to, to get in there and get their hands a little dirty and really, you know, pull the data out of the database, form the graphics, get the insights for the rest of the business to use, even though it's not that advanced, it's really quite simple, right? They're just saying, hey, Excel, go into that database and get me a little bit of information or, hey, access. You know, it, it these aren't, doesn't have to be complicated. Those people, you, you just see them rocket up the, up the promotion uh, chain, right? And they become managers. They become thought leaders in the organization. And you can see them having a great time doing it, too. Um, and if there's one thing I recommend to people to enhance their career, it's just learn 
try to learn that side of the business. You, you'll provide incredible value uh, to the organization. So, I, I don't know if you're involved in academics at all anymore. I remember back every statistics class I've ever taken, they sit down and want to derive formulas. Let me prove to you where the normal distribution. Oops, I said normal distribution. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't do it. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but if you think about it, what we want people to do is figure out how to use this stuff, not how to derive the formulas. Are, are there classes out there that teach that? Yeah. So that I don't. So go Google uh, analytics programs at universities. It's it's exploded. Um, and it's I've been a part of that as well. So I'm on the board at Texas A and M Analytics. It's been really exciting to work with them. It's such a great uh, program. It's for people who are already working, who want to go back and really learn about analytics. It's focused on solving real problems. Um, it, 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 because you're coming from a company and being a part of that program, you're expected to bring sort of data with you. You're not going to share it with anybody. You're, it's just you and your company's data, but you need to bring a problem and saw, you saw, uh, bring data to solve that problem in that program. And if you look at NC State, which is just down the road from me, they have probably the flagship um, analytics program, and they're just blossoming uh, all across the United States and even the world. And if you're interested in this, that's where you want to go because it does exactly what you, you're saying, Mark. It's saying, how, how do I apply this stuff? I will say the following, though. One little asterisk there. Um, Learning the theory and the mathematics behind statistics means you know how to use it. Uh, there has been a lot of misuse out there, and you just have to be careful with it uh, and, and keep it simple and don't try to overthink it because you, you can make a mistake with it, and you can do some pretty not dangerous things. Marketing, you know, it's not life or death in marketing, right? So you've got to remember that. But you, know, you, can, you can do some things that, that, that turn out to be pretty pretty wrong if, if you don't know some of the theory behind it. But these programs will teach you the, the theory that you need to know, not the whole shoot and match, right, where all you're doing is deriving theorems that, you know, who knows if they'll be applicable or not. Yeah. I, I, I think that what you just said is worth the price of this podcast. I mean, that was, that was awesome. I, I think every product person who wants promoted should go take a class like that. Yeah, and they're everywhere. Uh, if if you are in California, they're littered up in probably every city in California has a program like that. So, um, there it, there's just it's unlimited, and they'll be happy to take your money or your company's money and uh, train you up. Uh, and it's a lot of fun if you get a good program. Um, you know, a lot of these teachers are passionate and love what they do and know what they're doing is going to make a big difference. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Okay, uh, last question, Neil. Though. Here we are in this world of big data, big data, everybody's saying big data. Are statisticians becoming cool now? <laughs> I love it, right? I love it. Um, I, like, I like to think so. Um, yeah, I'd like to think that I'm cool for the first time in my life. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it is neat. I, I think, um, you know, working at Siemens Health and Ears and, and, and watching it, analytics blossom internally. Um, it's been neat. I think walking the halls um, at, at pros and at, uh, and at Siemens, it, it's, it's cool. You know, people know 
that you, you, you can provide a lot of value. And how, probably the best part of it is how much you help, right? People, you know, they struggle. They don't have all the skills to help understand a complicated problem. You know, whether it's trying to predict willingness to pay of the market or, um, you know, how often do these things, these these pieces and parts really fail, right? Um, how do I design a new offering? And, and I need some data to help to do that. And, and I, I think it's going to be really cool, but I just need some information to know that. And, and you go and help them. And you can do it so quickly because you know that industry, or I mean, you know your industry well. You know how to pull data, how to apply statistics. And that's something that's going to take them a long time to do. So you work together, you do it quickly, and it's tremendous, of tremendous help for them. Um, you know, they remember that, uh, you know, and, and they appreciate it. And that's probably the, the most rewarding part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Neil, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, I think the easiest way to do it is to just go on LinkedIn and, and search me out. My name is Neil Bean, N-E-I-L-B-I-E-H-N. Uh, I'm the only Neil Bean on the planet. So if you Google me or you LinkedIn me, you'll find, uh, you'll find me somehow. And I'm sure we'll have your name spelled correctly on our podcast, so you can see that there as well. <laughs> I appreciate it, Mark. Mark, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. And I appreciate everything you do from your blogs to your book. Keep pushing pricing uh, and, and the value of pricing. Uh, it's really important, and it's one of the greatest levers that marketers can use to drive value for their business. So thank you for your contributions. Oh, thanks, Neil. I appreciate that. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We welcome questions, suggestions, especially compliments. And please send any comments to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. Also, don't forget to join us for the next episode of Pragmatic Live.